Thank you. Let's take God's word together and turn to the New Testament book of Galatians chapter 6, if you would. And, and we need to return to the book of 1 Peter, and we will do. But um, I, I didn't think I was quite prepared. Uh, there was some more studying I wanted to do before we took up the next part of Ephesians chapter 2. Pardon me, 1 Peter chapter 2. Uh, but tonight, this is something that's been on my mind all week really for quite some weeks, and I want to share it with you. Galatians chapter 6, I believe it's very pertinent to the day that we find ourselves and the time, even as a church, that we're going through as a family together. And um, so I, I want to encourage you and also challenge you with this portion of Scripture. Galatians chapter 6 is really an amazing chapter for many reasons. Paul deals with several laws of nature and connects them to a spiritual law. And we have a few of those in this chapter. We're going to look at one, but uh, let's begin reading in verse number one. Brethren, Galatians 6, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. We'll stop our reading there tonight, and we believe that God will bless the reading and hearing of his word. One of the laws of nature that we find in this text is really found in verse number five. Every man shall bear his own burden. That is a law of nature. We are born with a burden that must be carried. It's interesting. Uh, we, we all have burdens, don't we? In fact, underneath this tent tonight, there are so many burdens, and most of them you don't even know about. There are many things that you are carrying that no one else but you even knows about. Some of our brothers and sisters aren't here tonight. They're carrying heavy burdens. Now, as a pastor, I have the privilege of hearing about those burdens more than probably Anyone else, at least in our local assembly, I hear often about those burdens. I also meet people. I often get telephone calls. I've told you on Monday, my wife and I uh, were spending our, our day together. We were able to go to Liam's wedding and have a part in that. And, and uh, then we drove up to see a burdened family who have just lost one of their loved ones in Wolverhampton. And on the way home, I was, of course, I was called by another burdened family who were given bad news about uh, their loved one. And then I was called by another young woman who was burdened because one of her friends took her own life. 
And I often hear about burdens. And sometimes, sometimes we feel the weight of someone else's burden added on top of ours. But we all have burdens. We all are carrying luggage with us, aren't we? Baggage. And sometimes we try to hide it. Sometimes we kind of like carrying burdens. It's a strange thought, isn't it? Children love carrying things. The, uh, the, the, day, the day a child learns how to conduct themselves with independence and begin using their arms and legs, they always seem to be carrying something, don't they? And when they get big enough to learn to drive a bicycle, then they love to hook a trailer on the back of it so they can carry more things. It's interesting how that is. And we get old enough to own our own home and we like to fill our homes with stuff. We like carrying things. And when you move house, you realize, where did all this junk come from? We burden ourselves. Oftentimes we, we recognize that there are many burdens. But sometimes a burden is good. Sometimes a burden is good. Ask any sailor about whether or not it's good for a ship to be burdened or weighed down. Ask anyone who's ever worked on a ship and they'll tell you that unless a boat has a good ballast, a good bit of weight in the bottom of the boat, then that boat is not going to be very stable. Ask any sailor when a storm comes whether they'd like to have a heavy ship or a light ship. And every single one will tell you that a ship with a greater ballast is better for the storm. It sometimes doesn't even make sense how... A shipbuilder will work so delicately to construct such a beautiful ship and then burden it so dreadfully. But we learn a lesson by looking at a ship that sometimes a burden is good. Sometimes a burden is a blessing. And then that brings us to the next thought. That if we all must have burdens and if those burdens can be good, then sometimes the question is not getting out from underneath of the burdens. Sometimes the answer then to that is bearing one another's burdens. And that's the command that was given in verse number two, later acknowledged in verse number five, that everybody's got a burden. And that's why in verse number two, we're given the command to bear ye one another's burdens. And if we learn to do that, we will fulfill the law of Christ. And I wrote in my Bible, I've circled that verse, verse number two, bear ye one another's burdens. Do you know that we've been called, we've been saved to be burden bearers. If you've been born again, you've been saved and called to bear someone else's burdens, not just your own. But I've written underneath that verse after I've circled it, and so fulfill the law of Christ, and I've written the law of the cross. The law of Christ is the law of the cross, which is bearing somebody else's burden. That's what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He bore our burden. And sometimes, if you're not careful, you will allow yourself to, to hold yourself up in your own home, to keep yourself behind locked doors and windows, away from the rest of the world, and you might even convince yourself you don't really need church and you don't really need the body and you don't really need, and you've got enough things to worry about yourself, but you'll never fulfill the law of Christ until you learn to bear somebody else's burden. 
I drew a line to the previous chapter in chapter 5 of Galatians verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Part of bearing one another's burdens is loving one another. If you really loved your neighbor as you ought to, as yourself, then you would look at them. You couldn't help but look at them being weighed down by burdens. You couldn't help but look at them and be moved in such a way that you want to get underneath the burden with them to help them to carry it. We're commanded in this portion of Scripture to fulfill the law of Christ. The law of nature and the law of Christ is not in conflict. The law, the law of nature says every one of us have a burden, and the law of Christ says we must help bear each other's burdens. They don't conflict, they go together. We're born with a burden, and that burden only grows heavier, doesn't it? The older you get, the heavier the burden becomes, and the law of Christ put together with the law of nature is we help one another beneath that burden. One is a bud, the other is the blossom. The natural burden of life is the bud. The bearing each other's burden is the blossom. And we recognize when we begin to study the life of Jesus that Christ did not necessarily come to remove all the burdens. That's what some people think. Well, some people think, well, Jesus came to take away all the problems. Well, if that was the case, then we either would not still be here or else we would be living in a perfect utopia. And neither one is happening. And so therefore we understand that Christ did not die just to take away our problems. Now ultimately one day all of our problems will be gone. And we look forward to that day. Matthew chapter 11. I love this because we, we learn a little bit more. Jesus says, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. And everybody says, hallelujah, because he's going to take away our burdens. He told me, come unto me if I'm heavy burdened. He was going to give me rest. But look at the next verse. Take my yoke upon you. In fact, we really read that the way in which he takes, the way he gives us rest is by giving us his burden. Not by taking everything away. Well, he does. He takes our our inward burdens and struggles. Nothing just... Vanish, he doesn't snap his fingers and they all go away. I've never met a Christian who doesn't have any problems, have you? I've never met a Christian whose all their problems and all their inner struggles are gone. Never yet. They're still there. But the key is then coming to Christ and getting beneath his burden because his burden is light. His burden is bearable. Christ Jesus gives rest to the soul by giving a burden to the shoulders. Interesting thought. When we get beneath his yoke, it's light because he's with us. It's light because he's pulling, he's working. But there still is a burden. The Christian life is not easy. I've never ever met one person who said the Christian life was a cakewalk. Never yet. Most Christians say this is a challenge to do what's right and to Walk the straight and narrow and to walk circumspectly and to respond the right way when things don't go well and to resist struggles and temptations. Never, never met somebody say, ah, it's easy, piece of cake. 
No, in some ways, life got a whole lot more difficult when God saved me. You ever felt like that? I, met, I spoke with this gentleman last night in the hospital, and he said, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I said, well, you've got a prop, we've got a problem that we never had before. We've got, a, I spoke with another person. You've got, we've got a problem when you've been born again, when someone has been saved. We now have the old nature and now the new nature living in one carcass, you could say. The old nature and the new nature living inside of one body. And it's always at odds. Those two natures are always at odds. We never had that. I didn't have that problem before I was saved. Before I was saved, I could do whatever my old nature wanted to do and never feel bad about it. Never bother me. But now that God has saved me, if I go the way of the old nature, there's a constant conflict of mind and heart because I have two natures living inside of me. It's a conflict. It's difficult. It's not easy. Following Christ is not easy. But if we get beneath the yoke with him, his burden is light. Ruth chapter 1 is very interesting. I always wondered at this little verse and I read it. I thought it was appropriate for what we're talking about. Ruth chapter 1, Ruth is speaking to her daughter. Naomi is speaking to her daughter-in-laws. And if you remember, uh, Naomi and her husband had moved to Moab. Um, if you, we read the account, uh, Naomi was married to Elimelech and she brought her two sons. They brought their two sons who married two Moabitish women. And then all the men died in Moab. And so here comes Naomi. Naomi's going back home and she, uh, she says to these two daughter-in-laws in verse number nine, the Lord grant you that you might find rest each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them and they lifted up their voice and wept. Now, I've never known any woman to find rest in the house of her husband. Have you? I've never known any woman to find rest in the house of her husband. No, in fact, actually you find there's more of a burden. Not in a bad way, but in a natural way. A wife bears much burdens of, of, of the home, of her husband and of her children. But what was Ruth saying? Well, there's a, there's a rest for the soul in a natural burden. Look, the most restless hearts, hearts today are not those who are married and have children. Some of the most restless hearts today are, are those who have no love in their life. And that's why she was able to say, look, go and the Lord grant you that you might find rest in the house of your husband because where there is love and where there is a family there, then, then oftentimes there's rest for the soul. But there's no greater burden than a loveless life. Heavy luggage is sometimes the Lord Jesus' cure for a weary heart. Heavy luggage is sometimes Christ's cure for a weary heart. But you know, natural selection, the naturalism, the religion of the day tells us bear nobody's burdens but your own. Naturalism says the theory, the teachings of natural selection and the survival of the fittest say, don't worry about anybody else. It's a dog eat dog world. You take care of yourself. There were some explorers back in the 19th, late 19th century who were traveling along the Amazon River and they found that the deeper they went along the Amazon River into the farther away from sort of civilization, the more chiseled and muscular they found the native people to be. Why? Because the further in you got, 
the less of a community, the less of a society, the less of a bearing one another burdens you found. And although you found some good looking muscular people, you found people who were very loveless, thinking only about themselves, only worried about themselves. And by the way, that's what the philosophy of the world teaches. It's a dog eat dog world, natural selection. Don't you bear anybody's burdens but your own. But the law of Christ squashes the law of naturalism. Bear ye one another's burdens. The law of Christ says the weight must be distributed. The law of Christ says the sick must be nursed. Don't just leave them to die. Help them. The law of Christ says the wounded need to be tended to. The law of Christ says the frail need to be cherished. That the feeble-minded need to be comforted. This is the law of Christ. And the body of Christ ought to be fulfilling the law of Christ today. In Oxford, we must become burden bearers. We must help each other. I met with a gentleman here today. who's explaining the burdens and pressures that he and his wife are feeling. And they feel very isolated, isolated and alone. And not a part of this church, but I'm hoping they will be. We must become burden bearers. The law of Christ is the law of the cross. We're not really following Jesus Christ until we learn to bear each other's burdens. We have several opportunities in our church right now where we might get beneath the arms of some of our dear ones who are struggling and hurting and help them. Sometimes it's not just a physical burden that needs to be helped with. Sometimes it's a financial burden. I was blessed to hear even today of some of our own folks helping to bear the burden of another family in a financial situation. That blesses my soul. That's burden bearing. A dear, dear couple uh, recently offered to wash our clothes our, after summer camp. Now that's a, that sounds not like a big thing, but when you have six children and... Uh, and a big child, big child like myself, that's a big deal. But that's helping to bear burdens. Being able to look beyond our own four walls and be able to look beyond our own burdens and see somebody else being bowed down beneath a burden and come alongside of them and help them. We've got to become burden bearers. Some of you may know the name Thomas Guthrie, Scottish man. He was the founder of the Ragged Schools, schools that were established for poor little street children. And he tells a story of seeing a group of these little ragamuffin children. He was taking someone by to, to introduce them to his schools that he established, these street children who were dirty and poor and had nothing. And the bell had been rung and it was time for the children to gather into the school. And up over the hill came a group of children carrying one little boy on their shoulders. Dirty little children, and there they bore this little child on their shoulder. And as they drew near to the founder of the school, Mr. Guthrie himself, and, and the man, the big businessman, uh, looking and observing it all, and what a strange sight it was. And Mr. Guthrie said, my boys, my lads, what are you doing? And they explained that the little boy that they were carrying had burnt his foot last night. And he had been left behind could not play in the games and could not go out with the children as they ran about. And those children all agreed 
They would not stand to see that little one left behind while they went on and enjoyed themselves. And that big businessman, that wealthy man with tears down his eyes, recorded in his journal, he said, you would never, ever see this sight at any other school in Edinburgh except this ragged school. What a thought. Children who understood the principle of bearing one another's burdens. Now, you're never going to be able to bear somebody else's burdens if all you can do is be overwhelmed with your own. I'm always encouraged to see some of our dear ones who seem to be bowed beneath the greatest weight and the most pressure. They sometimes tend to be the most helpful, the most giving, the most giving of themselves. It's interesting how that is, isn't it? I don't mean to chide you. I don't mean to rebuke you. I want to encourage you. Some of you need help yourself. Some of you need a little assistance from a sister or a brother. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to talk to someone. Don't be afraid to say to a brother or a sister, I'm awfully burdened and I could use some help. We'll be happy to arrange it. And don't be afraid if you notice that your brother doesn't seem quite right. Your sister seems a little bit quieter than usual. A little bit more distanced than they normally are. Go out of your way and say to them, is there anything I can do to help? May God bring us into a more fuller understanding of what it is to bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. Let's pray together and we'll sing our final hymn. Father, we confess that we are so often preoccupied with our own troubles, so often distracted by our own heavy burdens that we rarely notice rarely notice our neighbor who is being weighed down with such a burden that they cannot carry alone. Help us, I pray. Help us to have a deeper compassion for one another, a greater love for each other, that we might fulfill the first and second commandment that was given unto us by our Savior, that we might love Thee, the Lord our God, with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, that we might love our neighbor as ourself. Help us, I pray. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear that we might be the very answer. We might be the tool through which you choose to answer the prayers of some heavy laden brother or sister. Give us eyes to see, I pray, for we ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.